Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. I love being surrounded by great books. My father recently made me two more bookcases, so I've been happily reshuffling and reorganizing my collection of history and literature books. That's one of my favorite tasks, handling and organizing my books. As I hold each one, it's like looking into the face of an old friend. So today, I want to introduce some of those friends to you. We'll focus these introductions on books for students in grades 7 through 9, and these will be living books that will add much to your study of early modern times, approximately 1550 to 1850. We've already discussed spine books for the family and extra books for the younger grades in previous episodes. I'll leave a link to those reviews in the notes. And don't worry, my high school picks will be coming soon. Now, whenever I recommend books for early modern or modern times, I like to include both American history and world history. I think it gives our students a great advantage to study American history in the context of what was going on in the rest of the world at that time. Check the notes if you want to skip the American history books and move right to world history. And if you would like daily lesson plans that detail the order in which to read all of these wonderful books and how many times a week to read them and how much to read at each sitting, you'll find all of that already scheduled out for you in our lesson plan book called Early Modern and Epistles. It will lay out a plan for all of the books I recommend across all the grades for that time period. That link will be in the notes, too. Okay. Let's get to introducing my first book friends. American History. First is Poor Richard by James Doherty. You can't find a better biography of Benjamin Franklin for this age group than Poor Richard. James Doherty is a master storyteller and a distinct artist, and both of those qualities shine through in this book. Reading the story of Ben Franklin's life provides a great overview of colonial America, the Revolutionary War, and the founding of our government. And James Doherty provides that overview in personal terms, with a living narrative written in rich language. Next, I have Early Thunder by Jean Fritz or Johnny Tremaine by Esther Forbes. I would recommend that you choose one of these two. Now, of course, if your student is an avid reader, you're always looking for more good books to give him, then use both, that's fine. But they are somewhat similar. Both are historical fiction that center on a young man's adventures in the pre-revolutionary tension. Early Thunder centers on the rising tensions between those loyal to the king and those who want liberty. Daniel has to make his decision. Johnny Tremaine is the story of a silversmith apprentice who has an accident that renders one of his hands useless. As his life takes a new path, he comes in contact with Paul Revere, John Hancock, Samuel Adams, and other Boston patriots, and discovers his place in American history. Both books are well-written and make for excellent reading, plus 
They're both about the same length. Johnny Tremaine is a little bit longer. But they're both about the same reading level, so use whichever you have handy. They're both great. Next, Carry On Mr. Bowditch by Jean Lee Latham. This Newbery Medal winner is written like historical fiction, but it chronicles the life of a real man, Nathaniel Bowditch, and his valuable contribution to navigation. It was fun a few years ago when I was visiting my nephew, who's in the Navy. Somehow we got onto the topic of navigating the ships at sea, and he mentioned the Sailor's Bible, which is what they call the book that Nathaniel Bowditch wrote. The official title is The American Practical Navigator. Well, I immediately recommended that my nephew read Carry On Mr. Bowditch if he wanted to know the story behind that sailor's Bible that's still used today. The story is very readable, and it follows Mr. Bowditch from his modest beginnings of his first sea voyage and eventually his mastery of navigation and publishing of his work. Best of all, Nathaniel Bowditch was self-educated. It's a great book filled with great ideas for your student. And as with any good biography, you'll learn much about the time period as you follow a person's life events. Next is Diary of an Early American Boy by Eric Sloan. Eric Sloan found a small, wood-backed, leather-bound diary in an ancient house in the eastern United States. It was the diary of 15-year-old boy Noah Blake, and it documented a year in his life, 1805. The author has used that diary and seamlessly woven in his commentary on early American life to create a vivid picture of the work and tools and plans and ingenuity that were demonstrated by those early settlers. If you have a son or daughter who loves to study how things work, the exquisitely detailed pen and ink drawings will be fascinating. But the narrative will be interesting to all regardless. It's a fabulous living depiction of how life changed for that family over the years even while focusing on just one year in the life of an early American boy. Those are my early American history picks. Let's move on to world history books. So much was happening around the world during this time period, and few authors can show you the full scope better than Genevieve Foster. You may be familiar with her books covering other time periods, but I like to recommend two titles of hers for early modern times, and both are surprisingly small compared to her others, which is great because we can take our time and make those personal connections that are such an important part of learning. The first Genevieve Foster title that I recommend for this time period is The World of William Penn. Your student will learn about Penn, yes, but also about the emperors of India and the Taj Mahal, about the great Manchu emperor in China, about Louis XIV in France and Peter the Great in Russia, uh, but not just rulers. Your student will also see how scientists like Edmund Halley and Sir Isaac Newton and explorers like Marquette and Joliet and La Salle, how they all fit into that era. 
William Penn's life spans a fascinating age of exploration and discovery. Plus, your student will gain great ideas from Penn's beliefs that undergirded his relationships with the Pennsylvania Native American tribes. The World of William Penn. It's another great living narrative from Genevieve Foster. Now, since I'm listing these books in chronological order, I'll give you the other Genevieve Foster book at the end. The Story of Modern France by H. A. Gerber. You may recognize this author from The Story of the Greeks and The Story of the Romans that we recommend for those time periods. Well, The Story of Modern France does a great job of laying out the French Revolution in a succinct yet living narrative. The book goes on to tell more about the history of France, but the main reason I assign this book is to cover that revolution, so I usually recommend only the first 23 chapters. Your student can certainly finish the whole book if he wants to, but only chapters 1 through 23 are scheduled in the lesson plans. And don't worry if you don't use the whole thing. Happily, this book is in public domain, so you can find it free online. Hearts and Hands, Chronicles of the Awakening Church by Mindy and Brandon Withrow. The Withrows have written a series of books about church history that focuses on telling the stories of influential Christian men and women. Hearts and Hands is volume four in that series, and it presents living biographies of gifted preachers and justice fighters around the world in the 18th and 19th centuries. Jonathan Edwards, Johann Sebastian Bach, John Wesley, William Wilberforce and the Abolitionists, William Carey, Elizabeth Fry, Liang Fa, Adoniram and Anne Judson, Fidelia Fisk, Sojourner Truth, and Harriet Beecher Stowe, and others who played key roles in church history. I feel a kindred spirit with the authors. The back cover copy starts out like this. Let history come to life just the way it should do. For Living Church History, check out the History Lives series. Next, we have Amos Fortune, Free Man by Elizabeth Yates. This is another Newbery Medal winner and a powerful story. It traces the life of Amos from his capture in Africa in 1725 to his horrific trip across the ocean to his life as a slave in New England. After more than 20 years as a slave, he was able to arrange for and buy his freedom. The narrative follows his establishing a trade and building a homestead and finally being able to purchase freedom for the woman he wanted to marry, as well as some needy children in his town. Your student will learn much about the evils of slavery and yet how a strong character and kind heart can rise above hard circumstances and overcome evil with good. It's a true story and a powerful book. And last is the other Genevieve Foster, The Year of the Horseless Carriage. This is another of Genevieve's that I love to recommend for this time period. It's the thinnest of them all, but this is the one that gave me the most aha moments when I read it. 
Though it sounds like it chronicles only one year, it does much more than that. Here's the author's introduction. In 1801, when this book begins, Napoleon Bonaparte was not only the ruler of France, he was also planning to conquer and rule over England as well as the entire continent of Europe. In America, he owned all the land from the Mississippi River to the Rocky Mountains. What he planned to do with it was of great concern to Thomas Jefferson, the new President of the United States. In fact, in 1801, Napoleon was causing such a stir in both Europe and America that the invention of the horseless carriage, the most significant event of that year, passed by almost unnoticed. It was not until Napoleon had been defeated by the kings and emperors of Europe and was a prisoner on the island of St. Helena that the first public railroad was started in England and the locomotive began to take the place of the horse. This is the story of those eventful 20 years, from 1801 to 1821. And through this masterful storytelling, your student will form connections with Richard Trivithick, Thomas Jefferson, Beethoven, Robert Fulton, Lewis and Clark, James Madison, and more. A great book that sets the wheels in motion for transitioning into modern times. So, those are some old friends of mine that I hope will become good friends to you and your 7th through ninth grade student. Do you have any other book friends that you'd like to recommend for early modern at this age level? Leave a comment and let's talk books. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. By the way, did you know that you can tell Siri or your Echo or Google device to play the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast? Give it a try. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.